0: Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I am typically joined by either Big Kurt or Dustin Shooty. I am running solo here to have on, I think we can say, friend of the podcast, Athlon's own, Braden Gall. Braden, how you doing today, sir?
1: I, I am honored to be considered a friend of the pod. No question. No question. Friends of the pod. How and,
0: about fr- how about frenemy of the pod? Should, that's is, fine. Is that, a, yeah. is that a saying the kids are still saying these days or is that seen its last days?
1: Well, I, I have a six and four year old daughter. I'm 40. Uh, I'm a man. Come at me. Uh, but I have a six and a four year old daughter. And their best frenemies. So I use it to apply it. to them. But again, I'm the 40 year old using that. So yeah, I think I think frenemies is totally fair. Uh, I love what you guys do. Also, the whiskey tremendous, delicious, amazing, nice. spectacular. Many people are talking about it. So go get go get you some of that whiskey. It's very yeah. very good.
0: I, I tried to help you out with the finder option, which we have on our <laughs> tagline all the time. So it's readily available down in your area. So hopefully you can get a get a bottle of the shard or whatever you like sometime soon.
1: It's very, very good. Uh, I will go check that out. Um, so no, I think, I think, uh, uh, listen, at we are, I I would like to convert from frenemies into friend of the pod. I don't know okay. how I need to do that, but I'd like to try to, I'd like to effort New Year's intentions. I'm not a big believer in New Year's resolutions because you're okay, setting yourself, right. you're setting yourself up for a pass fail psychological human experiment and you don't need to do that to yourself. Correct. Just like Like a New Year's intention, you know, is just like that way. If you only accomplish it like 80% of the time, you still did your job. So my New Year's intention is to become a friend of the pod, not a frenemy of the pod.
0: I I love the goal. We'll see if you still want to have that goal (laughs) by the time we're done recording here today. But on the same lines of alcohol and, and New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve resolutions, I... I have a question about your last podcast. Couple questions, Mm. by the way, Jeffrey or uh, um, uh, eyes on big listeners, go if a lot of things that we're going to reference here today are on one of Braden's most recent podcasts, the Cover Two podcast with Stephen Lassen. Uh, Go to the January first podcast, appropriately named First and Hungover. All right, fun podcast. (laughs) So at the beginning of that podcast, (laughs) you referenced a a. Uh, a night of imbibing, which is exactly what, you know, Americans should do. And it led to a race out in the street in front of your house. So I got a couple questions that I got to ask. Number one, am I correct that it was in the street? Were were you racing in the street?
1: Yeah. Yes, that is factually can confirm two sources uh, can confirm that we were in the road in front of our house. Yes. Okay.
0: How how many racers competitors were there?
1: There were four adult men <laughs> okay. in this in this particular competition.
0: Were the wives present and were they laughing or appalled mm. or both?
1: All of the above. Uh one of the wives was at the end with like the stopwatch going full combine okay. with so like it was- a phone. Fu-
0: It was a 40-yard dash is what we're we're Uh, competing.
1: Yeah, but it was longer than 40 because, of course, they wanted to make it easy on us. Um, So it was probably closer to 50 or 60, but give or take. And then the other ones were all in the front yard. Unfortunately, with, like, all of our children as well, none of whom are older than seven. So it was was not just ego on the line, but, like, the love and appreciation and adoration of our children was also on the line. And uh, so, no, there was... I think there was four of us, so that'd make four wives, one at the end of the track, three on the grass, and then probably eight kids under seven, all standing and no clue what was happening, but cheering very loudly. They were
0: cheering that. So you had a little bit of audience with the kids cheering. So that probably gets the competitive juices going a little bit. Dad wants to be you don't want to be the last place dad. I mean, that's not that's not any good. And I guess that, that leads <laughs> into my last question is you violently tore your, your hamstring. Were you able to finish the race and uh, what place did you finish?
1: Uh, well, no, I, 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 didn't finish in a place because you have to, I, I was, uh, uh, like, a an N.A. or, uh, yeah, um, DMP. Like yeah. I yep. was a DMP. Um, no, it's so hilarious. Like, no, the, the, you talked about like the ego in front of the kids. Like, no, the reason we were racing was the egos. Like we were, we were out there. Because the booze-driven egos, which really the entire conversation started with, I think all of you could beat Tom Brady in a race. Like, I I was talking to a bunch of, like, we had Penn State family, an Indiana family, a Tennessee family, and a Florida family. So it was a, like a mixed <laughs> mixed okay. party. And all of us are about the same age. The youngest person won the race, of course, because he's yep. 37. He's 37, and he's a he's a former JAG officer. Like, of course he won the freaking race. Like, we should yeah. not race... We should not race the guy who's five years younger and a, and a military officer. Like, that's mm-hmm. just stupid, stupid on our part. But it started with me telling my my wife's best friend's husband, I think you could beat Tom Brady in a, in a 40-yard dash. Like, you're not a better athlete. No one's a better football player. No one's a better quarterback. None of that stuff. Just, like, straight line. Could you beat Tom Brady in a race? And I think more adult-grown men in America can beat Tom Brady in a race than they think. That's my opinion. Gotcha. As it, tur- as it turns out, um... I, I made it about three steps. Now I was first when I tore my hamstring. Oh, my hamstring. oh boy, I
0: would I, I would was need first. to see some I would was, was this recorded because I would need to see some, it was, some proof of
1: that. It was recorded. No, I was clearly first. Like I I was clearly first. I listen, I I am not a terrible athlete. I, I was a pretty decent athlete in high school. Um but I I have I'm carrying an extra 20 to 25 right now. And I do not do uh, a burst, short space burst. I'm not a b- big in the sprinting world right okay. now. Okay. I'm more of a, I'm more of a rower for 45 minutes, and then hit like a three k, maybe a five k for a nice eight or nine minute mile. Like sure. I, I am, I don't use those quick twitch muscles anymore. <laughs> and but I stretch. I stretched for like a good five minutes, and I look at every one of these guys. And I said, guys, I'm going to tear a hamstring. I don't want to do this. I don't want. And I called it. And then like three steps in, I I was. I was on the ground and my littlest girl, four year old, runs up and goes, Dad, you didn't win. And I was like, oh, that's going to stick with you for a while. Basically, my basically my ego wrote checks that my hamstrings could not cash.
0: But you still went after it. Uh, You you pretty much deserve to have your hamstring violently torn uh, because of because of your lack of experience mixed with a bit of a youthful arrogance, which gets us (laughs) right into your takes that you had on the college football playoffs. Uh, Do you like that for a little? I
1: I don't like the lack of experience. I've run lots of forties in my day, so I don't, I don't, I don't like that one, but I'll take the, I'll take the arrogance. That one's fine.
0: Yeah. So we'll get uh, on the podcast. You said that. So, so obviously I think everybody listening knows that there was the, the college football playoffs. Michigan loses to TCU. Ohio State loses to Georgia. Uh, this is a Big Ten football specific podcast. Uh, certainly, Michigan State fans weren't cheering for Michigan in any capacity. But for the most part, I think you would probably get a lot of Big Ten fans, even not of Michigan and Ohio State, that were cheering for Michigan and Ohio State because of conference allegiance. But again,
1: really, okay, not a
0: yeah, but not across the board by by any means. That I, by be... the way,
1: I don't, I don't understand that in any conference for the record.
0: Let's, like, let's don't... put a, let's put a ball on that and we'll okay. get to it. Cause that could be part of the conversation. But so the, the part that I, I took reference or I, I, I took offense to even more than you singling me out and talking craft to me, which again, we'll, we'll get into, um, you said that this was Ohio state's best performance of the year. And it was maybe a C plus performance from, from Georgia
1: B, B- uh, minus also, I also said B minus.
0: Okay, okay, we'll we'll call that six, okay. six or seventy eight percent to eighty two percent range that, <laughs> that for performance on Georgia. I, I, I got to take offense to that, Braden. I'll give you a chance, obviously, to explain yourself a little bit further. But looking at that game, all right. So we're just going to throw out the fact that, it, and we're t- saying that this is Ohio State's best performance of the year. Okay. First thing I would say is I would love for you to make that statement to Jim Knowles. And probably any one of the people in his back seven or entire defense, if they thought that was the best performance of the year, there is no way they believe that's the best performance of the year. We had wide open guys running down the field for Pete's sake. And then switching to the other side, throwing out the fact that we've had no JSN all year for the Ohio State offense, who every Ohio State fan would say was the alpha dog of the alpha dogs in the receiver room to start the year. He hasn't been available since the first quarter of the, of the first game. We'll throw that out. Heck, we'll even throw out the Travion Henderson wasn't available because he's been kind of out for the last half of the season. With that being said, Marvin Harrison junior does not play almost the entire second half. Cade Stover is a bigger loss than people understand. He is a chain mover and he also is incorporated in the rushing attack which then leaves into Mayan Williams, who I can just tell is not healthy. So they have took, they're down to their third string, fourth string running backs. Cade Stover is out of the rushing attack. All the receivers that I mentioned, all of the defenders that are all the issues on defense that I mentioned, brain, there's no way this is. An A plus game effort by Ohio
1: State. Well, I I think you just made the case why why it is like that's the reason it was the best performance of the season by Ohio State in my opinion. Now I'm willing to listen to specific games. Like you think, hey, I think in this game as a team, one to eighty five, Ohio State played better. Like you, you, I'm totally fair to to make an argument for another game. Point out that game and let's discuss it. But if you're telling me all that stuff went went against Ohio State. And they still played as well as they did against Georgia, the best team they've played by a mile. I think that makes no, my case no, for me. I
0: don't think it's the best team they played by a mile. I think it's very comparable to Michigan. So I'm already disagreeing with what uh, you're saying. That okay? So, that, well, that shows. So number
1: one, what num what game do you think they were better? Again, I'm totally totally yeah. fair to listen to what game that you think was better. But if you're taking all that value, all those assets off the team. And then to play that, uh, first of all, I thought Ryan Day's strategy with CJ Stroud on the move and the way yep, they played, and like the way they 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 totally shut down Georgia's rushing attack better than almost anybody else in this season. I just think to have all that those things that you just mentioned, and and also to be in a position to kick a game winning field goal to win a game against yet yeah, I'm not going to argue with you. I think Georgia's a better team than Michigan. I think that's just far better. You want to discuss that? That's fair. I don't think I'm that crazy to say that Georgia's better than Michigan. I, okay. I, I just I'm not going to use last year's game as an example because that's that's stupid. But it's the best team they played all year, and they played their best in that situation with some adversity. I thought Ryan Day's game plan was better for this game than any other game. I thought they played I just thought that was the best game I've seen Ohio State play with complete context of the entire season. And if you think it was another team that's fine. I That's okay. fair. I don't you know, I'm not going to argue with you about that. But that's just what my opinion is. I don't you know, the Iowa game, they weren't better. They weren't more complete against Iowa. They weren't more complete against Notre Dame. They certainly not against Michigan. You can't argue. that was the worst performance of the season by Ohio State. So I mean, the, the the Happy Valley game was a really tricky situation, a really tough game. I thought Penn State played really, really well in that game. I, and I didn't think Ohio State played better in that game than they did in, against Georgia. I thought they played better against Georgia. So that's all. That's that's all. That's actually complimentary to me of Ohio State.
0: Um, okay, two things here to, to point out. So I, well, three. Number one, these are all opinions being shared. So I, I guess that kind of, you know, just is the umbrella over the whole thing. The next thing I would say is, essentially what you're saying is, a professional golfer went out there in a major tournament. You took away their driver, and seven iron and they still finish second it is admirable that they golf that well but you took out two major key clubs in their bag so no in my opinion and i am firm i'm firm to believe that ohio state fans would agree with me here that's not their optimum level that they could be at when you t- take away well, that's not, but, that's best, not I, that's but that's not but what, what i said, what that is what you're but that's what you're saying you took oh away, no if they have jackson away, and,
1: if they have jackson smith or, and jigma we're talking marvin, about a different or
0: Marvis and harrison there was there was no answers in the georgia secondary for marvin harrison he was open all night and the most one of the most accurate quarterbacks i've ever seen in college football history and i'm i'm saying that cj stroud was hitting him all night you took him out of the game and again cade stover out of the rushing attack and passing attack, is that is not the A-plus Ohio State. They weren't able to I think we're arguing
1: semantics, though. Aren't we arguing I semantics, I believe though? the
0: semantics are a bigger deal than you're making it out to be. Georgia is the team that got lucky on Saturday night. Kirby Smart agrees I agree. with I agree. Me.
1: With you. I agree the with other,
0: you. The other thing that I want to point out, too, is to go back to the comparing teams, okay? You have overinflated Georgia all year long. Okay, you have underinflated TCU most of October and all of November. You were wrong about that. And you're also wrong about having Penn State and Michigan in this other universe away from Georgia all year. You have put Georgia and Alabama out on, on in an island by themselves of greatness, kinda letting Ohio State into that into that neighborhood. But then a step down to Michigan, a step down to Penn State. Now, what I want to say is, do I think Georgia's going to win on Monday night and claim the national championship? I do. I mean, there's a reason why they're a two-touchdown favorite. What I'm trying to argue here is a nuance that I believe is important, okay? The fact that Ohio State should have beat Georgia lose without a lot of their weapons is what needs to get communicated to the sec people these are the same people that say ohio state or michigan would maybe go nine and three if they played in the sec penn state oh they well, might go they I, might go that's six not and what six. i
1: that's not what i say and i, I don't again if you want if you want to talk to me about me that's fine i'm okay, willing to hear okay, that me, i'm the one who said michigan was going to give georgia a run in the championship game i'm the one who said Ohio State's the most only talented offense in America that can match up with Georgia's defense personnel wise. Like if you're going to cite the last pod, you need to cite all the pods and don't throw like a bunch of fans at me because I don't they don't represent my voice. I don't represent their voice. Twitter's not a good representation of anything. If somebody wants to get on here and say Michigan would go six and six in the SEC, they're wrong. Like, I, that's just stupid. Like, that's ridiculous. How about Penn I was, State? How about Penn I was, State? Well no, I think that's stupid too. Like I don't okay. again, I don't I don't think that's a serious person. <laughs> but but I've never even come close to saying anything like that. And I don't um, think No, okay. I don't I... don't if if you want to go back and listen to every single pod and find the audio, go for it. I I guarantee you I have never suggested. I spent all year promoting Michigan. I'm the one who said Michigan was going to go into Ohio State and probably win that game. Like I'm I I am I love Jim Harbaugh. Like I've spent 7 years defending Jim Harbaugh to SEC people. Because I think he's a great coach, and I think SEC people got too much of him in like a Hank Aaron jersey like eight years ago, and they can't let it freaking go. Like I, I think it's stupid. But I I don't want you to just like I would never conflate average fan on Twitter from the Pac-12 with you know uh, a you know somebody reporting on the Pac-12 or a Big Ten fan report. Like you can't really take what the fans do and say, and then put it on like kind of conflate that with what somebody's opinion could be i think Georgia's the best team because they're the best team that's my opinion they're the only 14 and 0 team they're about to win back-to-back championships i just i don't have to go out of my way to make an extreme case that somehow i think Georgia's the best team in america i mean i think michigan i've said all season was on the very next tier with alabama and ohio state and i probably i don't even know who i had in there in the beginning um but it was but, really but, just those four
0: So I want to make sure I'm making a little bit of of a line of demarcation here. I'm not saying what, you know, uh, Crimson Man 47 on Twitter is saying is is what you're saying. okay? (laughs) Uh, to give you a real life example. All right. Three, four years ago, I met some Georgia dudes at a trade show and And after we had worked through work stuff, I said, "Oh, you know, college football fans, and we started talking college football. So this isn't Twitter. These are two dudes, human dudes that I was talking to. And basically he's like, you, you know, you who do you cheer for?" And I said, "Iowa." And he goes, "Oh, okay, um, and and it came into the conversation I would like to say I didn't interject into it that I played football in Iowa. And these two guys were like, "Oh okay, so like lower level play right to my face and that's
1: that's disrespectful
0: right because that's how sec fans are and i I believe the disrespect comes from them getting programmed by podcasts and espn and the like
1: i I wish i had that kind of power
0: well i i think you have a little i'm not saying you have ultimate power but i (laughs) i think these words have a little bit more strength to them than than what you think on on this podcast on your the podcast we're referencing the the first and hungover you you bring up the college football playoff records for the SEC and the Big Ten, and then you immediately followed up by saying, So take that, Jeff. And I'm <laughs> I'm laughing about it. Okay. I'm not offended. That, that, you my, know point, that, my point, my point right. is, is that's all in good. I'm, fun. Not, you know I'm not the only one that hears that. But again, let's let's pull this apart. You brought up the SEC's record, then you brought up the Big Ten's record, then you made fun of a Big Ten football specific podcast person. To illustrate that, I'm not the only ones that hear that. My guy, Perk, huge Penn State fan. Mr. Ohio, huge Ohio State fan. My guy, Jordan Eggleston, big Michigan fan. So I'm talking four dudes from four different fan bases from kind of four different parts of the country. We hear this stuff, and this is how we infer it. You're making a point to bring out the, the struggles for the Big Ten in the college football playoff, which they should be better. I'm not saying that they have they have it, Okay. And, and on the same breath, we see you like when you're talking through, uh, you want your the reference throughout your, the podcast, not just this one, okay, that's fair. But but brain, just as recently as mid uh, uh, November, you've got two lost SEC teams in front of TCU to step to take a step outside the big Ten. and and, and I got involved a couple times in saying, you don't know that Two at- lost Alabama is better than TCU. You just think you know that they're better. I believe TCU was being disrespected. You were a a big part of that on the podcast and on Twitter. And just like you were wrong then about TCU, I think you're wrong on these takes when you you, you (laughs) think there's this big of a difference between Georgia and Ohio state, Georgia and Michigan, or even Georgia and Penn state. Like, those are all really, really well, good
1: teams, man. You you left you put a lot out there on the table yeah. for me to, yep. to. That's a that's a that's a buffet of, of of stuff there. Um. All right. Let's let's start with number one. Like, part of a podcast, I think your your podcast does this. I think a good podcast does this. Like, this is a community of people who are friends. And if I can't talk a little, can I cuss on this? Can we can we share that word? Um. If if I can't talk a little shit to the people that I like and respect, then what are we doing? Like, what's the point of all this? So that to me has nothing to do with like an actual opinion about a t- like that's not Braden on ESPN Radio saying the Big Ten is completely worthless. The Big Ten is this. The, the TCU is completely worthless. Georgia's untouchable. Like th- those are different opinions than when I am like giving you specifically a hard time, which I would like to think is. A sign of respect between the fact that you've asked me on is a sign of respect to me that you are taking the time to have a conversation with me about it. So like it's all to me. You mentioned perk. Like I go back and forth with him on Twitter. It's like these are this is a like a a community of people that can disagree, that can agree, that like different things. I to me that joke has not that doesn't carry any weight or power with a the broader audience. To, to like, I'm not brainwashing that. Like you, the only reason you listen to that community and to your show, for example, is because you kind of get the jokes. Okay. Like, you the know,
0: joke, the joke to me completely agree. Does that make, does
1: that make it, sense? Like it's, it,
0: it does. But again, nuance, the joke gets me laughed. I was, you know, driving, I had just dropped my kids off at school, started listening to the podcast. I was laughing on my, on my way back home. Okay. But the constant, you know, ranking TCU below Alabama and dude, I that, that, that stuff, good. that stuff matters.
1: But to suggest that I've been brainwashed by, I don't know what actually here. Like, cause again, I watch, I watch games from every conference on, on my own every Saturday. I, you know, I, I use my eyeballs to watch what I like and watch what or watch what I think and make judgments about what I think I'm wrong all the time. I'm right all the time. Like it's, that's sort of the nature of the business. Um, and like going back to the semantics on the Ohio state thing, I actually don't disagree with you. Like, I don't think that was optimal Ohio State, but I think it was the best they've played this season with context of of the whole thing. So I'm not even disagreeing with you on that. Like, I if you're saying that's the best possible thing Ohio State could put on the field if you take injuries into account, well, sure, I'm going to change my opinion then. I'm going to say, well, no, they Jackson Smith and Jigma is the best wide receiver in, in America. Like, they they would obviously be a different team with with him on the field. And so I don't. To me, that that's. I also don't like the Alabama argument from last year that a bunch of Alabama people are saying, oh, we only lost to Georgia because, you know, John Mechie tore his ACL. And I'm like, well, uh, uh, that's a factor. Football's a, a tough game and that's important context, but it doesn't, that's not the reason you lost the game. Um, I, again, you, we could point to a couple of different plays in the fourth quarter where Ohio State, again, even on the last drive, like a couple more yards and maybe it's a better field goal and maybe it's a, it's a, they make it and they win. And, and here we go. Or again, maybe a guy doesn't fall down in coverage and that play doesn't happen. And if that play doesn't happen, the next drive doesn't happen. So, and all of a sudden Ohio state wins. So that, that that's two points. I, I I'm trying to remember all the, can
0: I, and let me just, what the things I mean, again, <laughs> again, if you asked Jim Knowles, if they, if that was their best no. performance, which in any capacity, <laughs> Braden, whether who they had available the X's and O's the tackling, there's no way. And when you when you take literally half of the team, you know, or roughly half the team that doesn't play well, there is no there is no argument I'm going to accept. And what game was better? Ohio OK, State. OK.
1: You can disagree with me on that. And that's fair. And I, Jim Knowles probably does, too. What game based on the context, the opponent, the location of the game, the weather, the the every single thing that you can use to analyze how a team performs in the moment? What was Ohio State's best performance of the season? I think I'm, I'm honestly asking.
0: I think that's. Doing diagnosis in a bottle. I, I like there are there. There's a, another podcast I listened to, and in, in a reference that they made is college football is a game of mistakes, and I love that. There's never a perfect game. There and and then there's games where the offense is good and the defense is bad, vice versa, special teams. So like I I you can't you're not going to back me into a closet. With well, what was better though? That, they've had defensive efforts better throughout the year. Sure. Granted, they're not playing against. Georgia's offense all the time. Okay, so so that does play into it. So it's a it's a very difficult question to answer. But I do know that that's not Ohio Is it Penn State's State. Best Is overall. It, Penn State would they, be? Do you think they played there. better in? They the played Penn State really game. good versus Michigan in the first half, and then their their you know their schemes and tackling in the second half versus Michigan fell apart. Another... I thought that was
1: the I thought my point was that was the best I've seen Ohio State play one to eighty five all phases of the game. Certainly there were mistakes, but I thought that was as good an effort as I've seen from Ohio State the entire season, maximizing the pieces that they do have against the competition and the and in the, on the stage that they were in. <clears throat> that's all that's all I meant by that was like, that's their that's one of their best showings of the year. And I thought Stetson Bennett played a pretty poor football game for three quarters. Like that's it. I thought, I mean, he's the the, the (laughs) after, after, um, Oh God, Brock Bowers gets the tight end with his hand, doing that dance around the sideline on fourth down, they come back on, on the next play, he throws it to a player. who's not even in the route scheme. (laughs) Like, and it's a fumble. Like I thought Stetson Bennett was, was rattled the entire game. I thought the front seven for Ohio state played pretty well for most of the game, stopping the run. Like, I thought they put themselves in a great position to win the game. And I think it's a great line as well. It's a game of mistakes. And when your corner falls down and a guy who's had basically no catches all season happens to be standing 20 yards downfield wide open. Well, you know, that's a, that's a huge one play mistake that might've changed the entire game. So
0: what, and what I'm saying is all those are valid points. What I'm saying is it's perfectly fine to air the dirty laundry for other teams, but I've got dirty. I mean, Georgia's secondary hasn't been great all year. They looked awful versus LSU. Okay, they're, like they're going to they're going to have to Bennett, mask that on Stetson Monday. Stetson Bennett has had he's had hiccups up and down forever. Like like I don't want to I don't want to besmirch Stetson Bennett because I very much respect that kid's game and his and his moxie. Like I I you know anybody that wins that much deserves credit. But let's be honest. This this is not you know, an NFL quarterback that you, you can't steam <laughs> see, to show. See, so, but, see, but, now, but
1: now you just, but here's, the, let's go back to the, uh, the conversation but that you we got to
0: bring all of that up. Like, no, 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 I agree. Those I agree. are blemishes with the sure. team. That is Georgia. They came to roost for most of the game. And the last point that I would I try to make, which is, is that, which
1: by it, the way, that's the number one thing we said about Georgia going into this game and previewing it all was can Ryan day's passing attack, take advantage of a weak Georgia secondary. And they did. And they did. Just like Alabama did in the SEC title game two years ago. Just like a couple of teams had. Like again, they totally shut down Tennessee. But you're doing the, the exact thing you kind of just did with Stetson Bennett is the same thing you're accusing me of doing when I say TCU versus Georgia, and I just assume that Georgia's better. And, and it's like Stetson Bennett efficiency metric wise is identical to C.J. Stroud. Like every single metric. CJ Stroud actually has a lesser completion percentage. Nobody is looking at
0: CJ Stroud and Stetson Bennett and thinking that Stetson Bennett is on the same level as CJ Stroud. Nobody.
1: but you didn't let me finish. You didn't let me finish. Every statistical metric has Stetson Bennett as equal to CJ Stroud. No one in their right mind thinks Stetson Bennett is a better pure quarterback than CJ Stroud. Like that's an irrational thing to think. And this is that's that's you're doing the same thing in reverse that you're accusing me of doing, which is that I look at a team that I think is just purely more talented, and better at the game overall, and you're saying, well, you disrespected TCU all season, and it's like, well, I thought they were the fifth or sixth best team in college football, not number two. This is also a completely, and you're right, dead wrong about that, as are almost every other human that watched college football this year. Um, If you, like, eventually talent does win out normally, I'm rooting openly for TCU to win the game on Monday night as hard as I possibly can, because I think it would be the greatest story in college football ever told. And I think I, that's, that's what's interesting to me more than anything else is, is just, that ha- can, is that happening.
0: Okay. And I, we're, I, I think there'll be a lot of TCU fans on Monday night. Um, horrible. Yeah, they yeah, have these games yes. on Monday night, by the way, but, um,
1: at, at 430, is, at 430 oh no, local time, when you can't tailgate 20 miles from the freaking oh, Rose thank Bowl. You. What a thank genius. You. Thank you, California.
0: What a genius um, move. So here, here's my thing. Let's just infer one thing for right now. Okay. Let's say, TCU and Georgia play a great game that Georgia wins. I don't know. You know, uh win by sure. four points, something like that. Okay. At that point, I think we have enough empirical data to say that TCU, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Tennessee with Hendon Hooker, keep
1: Penn going. State. Keep going, yeah. All of those teams Washington, keep going.
0: Yeah. Uh, U- USC, US, USC probably. Okay.
1: Washington, Utah, keep going. Washington's yeah. a really good football team.
0: So, okay. And, and I will give you credit. I've heard you talk positively on a lot of those teams we just named, okay? What I'm saying is, I think all of those darn near, what, 10, 8, 9, 10 teams that we just named, I think that all of those teams are very good, very, very good, and very much on par with each other. So do you agree with that
1: i varying there's the, there's mostly none of, yeah none of but those most, teams mostly. are
0: eons in front of of the other one by the time you get to the number 1 ranked team to the eighth or ninth team that we mentioned there could be a gap but the difference between 1 and 4 or 5 and 7 is minimal which is why perk mr ohio guys like us get so upset when we see you have a two-ranked, two-loss team in front of a zero-loss team, but you two just said they were—you just said fr- they were even. Okay, but we do have something to judge them off of as the year goes on, which, which is their record. And when you have one team that's seven and two ranked in front of a team that's nine and zero. Oh, and you think it's preposterous that the team that is the fans of the nine and O team think they deserve to be ranked in front of oh, I don't, brother. You got, I don't have any, issues. I don't have any you problem with issues with your launch point.
1: Well, no, no, and hang, these teams. no, 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 that's not what it is. I have no problem with fans thinking their team's the greatest thing in the history of the world. Like I, I, that's the point of being a fan. Like, I think that's great. I'm not uh, a fan my, of
0: TCU. I was feeling good no, no. for TCU.
1: But my job, my job is to look at TCU's schedule and to look at so so and so's schedule and say, well, if TCU had played these two teams on the road to one point losses, would they be would they have the same record? And at the time, they had not beaten Texas on the road with a great defensive performance. At the time, they had not crushed Iowa State, which doesn't normally happen to a Matt Campbell team. At the time, they hadn't beaten Baylor yet. At the time, they hadn't frankly lost to Kansas State but also hadn't beaten Michigan state with a pretty remarkable performance in a playoff setting. Like they hadn't done any of that stuff at that time. And so all we had to go on was sort of what I was looking at. And I'm not going to change my opinion. I, I will not change my opinion. Then my opinion changes after I acquire new information and teams lose teams, win teams, perform better teams, perform worse. And as the season goes along, you acquire as much information as possible. And even at the end of the day, like you, you started this whole thing with, you could not prove that so-and-so is better than so-and-so and that's the same exact argument for every single team in the committee room, with the exception of like the head-to-heads in, 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 in two teams in the same division because they play largely the same schedule. You, you cannot say that about anybody. You can't say USC and Georgia, definitively anything. You can't say Ohio State, TCU. You can't say definitively anything about any of these teams. That's what makes college football imperfect, is the committee has to sit down and say, based on every piece of information we could possibly have, who do we think is very vaguely the four best teams in college football? And there is no proof that Ohio state was better than Alabama. There's no proof that Alabama is better than Ohio state. There's no proof that TCU is better than Ohio state. There's no proof. Ohio state's better than TCU. There's no proof, not, not nothing there at the time to definitively say one way or the other. And again, it's all just, we're all kind of, I, I think you have to separate the people who are doing it genuinely and authentically and trying to do the best job, honestly, and the people that are just like out there slinging garbage, and i right. I don't think I don't think the committee. Maybe this is naive. Maybe this is ignorant. I don't think that the thirteen people on that committee are out there like spewing hot takes with any ulterior motives. I think they're trying to do the best job they can with a very imperfect system, which is driven entirely by guesswork and and like metrics and eye test and you know like it's just. It, it's kind of is our sport, but like it's, bake, it's baked into our product, you know? It like, is.
0: And, and it's the imperfections that get us uh, so excited. It's also the yeah. one that get us so excited, you know, upset as well. So like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I know you recognize that. Sure. Um, I, I will say that this is the first home stretch for the committee that I didn't, I didn't want to rip my hair out. Every time I saw the the rankings, I very much agreed with them down the stretch. I was proud to see them keep, TCU in there because they deserved it. I just wonder which I
1: said, which I said on every podcast, like I said it on every radio show before they lost to Kansas State. I said if they lose, I hope they still get put in the playoff. Okay, so I want to be very clear on 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 being fair with that. So I I
0: just feel like the the objective stuff should come down to comparing two one loss teams or a two undefeated teams not a not an undefeated team and, and a in a in a two loss team like you you have had now two chances to prove you're the best team in the country and you failed twice and and at alabama you got own but, that all right but and how but like
1: but we do this with the group of i find this fascinating like we do this with the group of five all the time if i if i say what was what year was the the what was the national championship for or how about this pick any group of five undefeated team right like um Probably a TCU team back in the Mountain West. Like, right. I think that 14 and 0 team that beat Wisconsin, I think was really, really good. Probably might be the best group of five team ever, but Boise State with the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. You can go all the way back to Sean King and Tulane. You can go to UCF that claimed a national championship. You can go
0: down to North Dakota State coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. To, yeah. Like, it's they're not going to go. They're going to take a, I get it. They're, they're going to yeah, take
1: so, a But we do it so easily and so quick. Like, our, I don't know what it is. And I'm actually honestly just kind of, opening a conversation with you here on this. Like uh, we do it so easily and so quickly and so simply when it comes to the group of five, everyone is so easy. It's so easy. The mental gymnastics are very understandable for everybody to say, Oh, well, Tulane in 2004 undefeated, they weren't as good as, you know, I guess Auburn was undefeated and got left out. So there's your sec bias right there. But like those, it's so easy to just look at one undefeated record in the group of five and say, well, it's not really comparable to a one or a two loss record in the Big Ten. Like that's real easy to do. And and I don't know why people have a difficult time with that when it comes to two teams that are a little bit closer together in strength of schedule, but really not all that much closer together. Now TCU's schedule got much more difficult as the year went along and they kept proving people wrong, me included. But I, I don't know why it's difficult to but say well, if if everybody had played Tennessee's schedule, which is Alabama and Georgia most everybody in america would have lost at least one of those games sure most that's, every team right. in the world would have lost those two so to suggest that TCU's zero loss record is automatically without any conversation or nuance or de- or 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 debate about it better because someone else played a more difficult schedule i think that's just like living in the I, stone ages
0: i don't so. disagree with with that the stone age comment but again we were debating a two loss team being better than a zero loss team. That is where you lose people. And and that's where the Why? The, the biases that that's that's a bridge too far, Braden. It it is for Dude, me. Dude, if Michigan's if that Michigan's is, non-conference is like, schedule yeah, was believe, their whole schedule. I believe if you asked players on those teams, they're like, they'd be like, bro, we we don't deserve it. We lost that game. We lost that game. Like, and by oh, the way, know. look at Alabama versus like, I mean, not just the games they lost. They were lucky to win a couple of they just they 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 weren't classic Bama this year. So Penn, so year, Penn State. Know?
1: So if TCU, let's go TCU versus Penn State. Okay. If TCU now because we do have one similar data point, but it's at the end of the year in in a championship setting. Right. But if you put TCU and Penn State up together, and TCU yep. had to play Penn State schedule, is TCU definitively in a different situation today than they would have been if they would have been in Penn State's situation? And and I don't I I think you could argue they'd have two losses and wouldn't be in the playoff. So it's, I, 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 I think you can also you can argue, argue with the, that, but you can I argue think it the you, other way, you know, you could say, I, Hey, they would have beaten Michigan because they did <laughs> right, right. Uh, now. They, you know, Michigan did things that they hadn't done all season and TCU did things they have done all season to win that game. But I just, I don't think it's that, I don't think it's a bridge too far to ask fans to say, look at how complicated scheduling is in this, in this sport. Scheduling is never going to be even, it's never going to be even. You it cannot take be, 130 teams and design it geographically. Even,
0: it would be more even if we had a commissioner that said everybody plays nine conference games and a 10th power five team, you know, so that we had that, I hope I, to God someday in my life, or at least maybe we my will. kid's life that we will have that. I think um, we will.
1: I think we will get that. But again, you cannot design a sport that is based on where your schedule is based on geography and the, and the good teams are based on spending you cannot have those two factors in our sport and call anything even. The NFL schedules are the NFL schedules are all identical. Because you have identical cap spending and you have identical resources. And neither one of us want us to
0: look exactly like the NFL, even though unfortunately we're getting closer and closer to that every year. Because by the way, you were blatantly wrong about the effects of NIL on college football. But anyways, (laughs) we've already, we've already talked about that. Last thing I was saying is I know. Are we going to get into
1: bowl records or not? I thought that's what we were talking about today. well,
0: (laughs) Well, this, I, um, so, but that actually, that was actually right where I was going. But so what, the bull records is because I don't want I don't think anybody wants us to spend all the time on, on the bull record stuff. But here's here's my point. Um, Yes, G- Georgia beat Ohio State. Those are two evenly matched teams. OK, like Ohio State. OK, should have won the game. I know they didn't should have won the game. My The point that Big Ten fans try to make and it's like we're screaming into the void is that. I I think even most Big Ten fans are aware enough to say the SEC deserves to have the nod to be considered the best team, the best conference in, in in college football. Like, I think most Big Ten fans will say that. Where we get ruffled feathers is the the chanting from SEC fans, but also professionals. Like, listening to Rod Gilmore on ESPN, I mean, I want to blow my brains out the gap that they think exists between the sec and the big 10 is fictional okay and you know illinois and mississippi state played an even game and in fact illinois was in front that matters to me penn that state was a, that de- was a de- penn state that was a, a regular season game Aub- regular, penn state that- destroyed auburn if you put example. if you put if you put iowa and kentucky against each other with Will Levis, it's a it's a different game. But if you have Iowa and Kentucky play in the regular season without Will Levis, it's gonna look the exact same. You want to know why? Because Iowa controls they they take care of the football on offense and they beat the hell out of people on defense. Brain, this isn't an Iowa defending podcast. There but here's what I want to say. I, I think offense, Iowa
1: and Kentucky are ranked basically evenly this year. Okay. Like I,
0: but but Iowa's offense would be horrible in every league. It's just that I think Iowa's defense would be excellent in every league, the SEC included, when we see these teams matching up against each other. Georgia, uh, Ohio State, Illinois, Mississippi State, Iowa, Kentucky – you know LSU, Purdue, obviously not a good example yeah. to use. My God, Purdue lost their entire offense. Oh, take...
1: oh, okay. That's come on convenient. now, come on now. Well, Rod <laughs> well, Gilmore, just, but the, Rod but Gilmore getting...
0: pointed out. Rod Gilmore pointed out on his broadcast that I... the SEC's performance that you have to take into account is that they lost so many stars <laughs> in their bulls. That is blatant, blatant Ugh. biasy. For, for to defend,
1: I, I, I like, you you gotta you gotta drop Rod Gilmore because I don't care about him. Like okay, I, but I'm I say that's not, my. I don't most, know him well. That's my I most don't.
0: recent. I will I will address data point.
1: Okay, I'll, let me address a couple. So the SEC chant thing. First of all, I have spent most of my career screaming at SEC people, trying to understand why they would root for against their own best interests. I don't understand this. I've never understood it, and I think actually in the last ten years, it it's it's gone away way more than people realize. Now what, I live what down... do you mean
0: by going against their best interests?
1: So, like if I'm a if I'm a um if I'm an Auburn fan or an LSU fan or a Tennessee fan or a Florida fan, to chant SEC SEC when Georgia wins a national championship, if they do on Monday night, is against their own best interests. You are rooting against your own best interest because the more Georgia succeeds, the easier it is for them to recruit and to gain more talent and to and to continue to be more difficult to beat. It is against your own best interest to cheer. If you're a Kentucky fan. It is against your own best I... interest to cheer for Tennessee and for for, for Georgia. It, by I... definition, by as, as logic goes, the more your competition around you succeeds, the easier it is for them to continue to succeed and therefore more difficult for you to succeed. I understand there's a whole regional pride thing, and that is what it is. I'm a North and South guy because I was born in Wisconsin, and I've lived in Texas, which is not really a, a region of the country. It's just Texas, <laughs> and I've lived in the South. I've lived everywhere, and... I don't understand. Like, if I'm a Wisconsin fan, which I grew up in a Wisconsin family, like rooting for Ohio State is impossible. It's impossible. I could. I, it never happened with my dad. It never happened with my grandfather. I well, could never do it because the more Ohio State wins, the easier it is for them. they win a national title. They beat Georgia. It's easier for them to recruit, which therefore means it's harder for Wisconsin. I, and to that's win.
0: why okay, and that's why I was clear to differentiate that not everybody in the Big Ten is cheering for everybody in the Big Ten. You ain't ever going to get a Michigan State fan cheering for Michigan, vice versa. Michigan Ohio State, vice versa. You know when? Michigan oh, I've never was, heard the
1: Big Ten. I've never heard the Big Ten. Big Ten. Big Ten. No, chant, because like, like that's the, SEC. the
0: because that's the nuance. The thing is, is it is good. The you know. It is good for the entire conference when, shocker, the conference wins a championship. So you talked about how at your New Year's Eve party on your podcast that there were Big Ten fans there that thought Ohio State was backing in (laughs) to the college football championship if they pulled that game out. Well, I'm telling you, brother – there was a, a a New Year's Eve party that I went to, and the, we were all Big Ten fans, and nobody agreed with those Big Ten fans that were at your party. They, so you I, guys, so you
1: guys were all rooting for every Ohio State single
0: team. one of us was cheering for Michigan and Ohio okay. State. Okay, absolutely, so is that absolutely? And there was so is that one Michigan or Ohio State? F- f- uh, f- and and
1: fan. listen, I don't I don't uh besmirch. Like if you're a fan, anybody's a fan of any team, they can root for whatever they want to. Again, I would I. I would. My only case on this is that I think SEC fans have come around a little bit on those nuances in the last 15 years. (laughs)
0: You're gonna have to point that out to me. I
1: I do not hear the SEC chant at all anymore. Like, I don't hear it nearly as much as maybe like in 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, in there. It was like really bad. And again, I was on the air from 2005 till today telling SEC fans, What are you doing? This makes no sense to me. I, I think there's. I'm curious because I'd love to explore the psychology of why you guys were all rooting for Ohio state, because again, I think getting into the playoff makes a lot of money for your league. It generates revenue, generates attention, but if Ohio state keeps winning and they keep stockpiling all the best, the best roster in this conference for the better part of 60 years, I don't know how that helps Iowa. I don't know how that helps Minnesota. I don't know how that helps Illinois. I can explain. I, I don't know. I mean, like, is it just, national perception cuz that doesn't actually make you better like that doesn't actually give you a better chance to th- win that game
0: two things number one please point to me i'm just i'm trying to be real here point to me anytime in the last 50 years that Iowa and Minnesota have been on the same page with Ohio state it's facts so you mean, you're, you mean you're like already you mean they, ha- you mean setting, they haven't you, i mean there's times there's a team here and there okay right, right. that 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 but but over history yeah so the goal that you're trying to attain, uh, uh, what are we looking at? I, 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 I don't know I, I if hear that's you. possible. I hear you. The other so, side so, of it so is. So you're so weighing,
1: other, you're weighing sort of like national, regional and, and conference pride against something that we don't really think we could ever accomplish anyway, is what you're kind of trying to balance then I, What
0: I'm saying is those, those D bags that were at the convention that I was at, they don't have as much poison to spit at me if Michigan, Ohio state and Penn state win five championships out of six years, because I can put my thumb on them and say, where's your sec been the last five or six years. So that is what it is. The friend of my enemy is my friend.
1: Okay. okay. I
0: dislike the sec more than I ever would Ohio state or Michigan. (laughs) That is it. That is you. You asked for the psychology behind makes That's it. Right. That makes no, it makes perfect sense. And by the way, Braden, if you would have asked me this at 20, When I was on the Iowa football team, I had no ill feelings towards the SEC. In fact, I remember getting done with football at Iowa being 23, 24, finally getting a little bit of money and talking to my buddies and saying, we should start traveling around the country to go check out other games because I want to see other settings. I want to go between the hedges and stuff like that. But something happened right about then, which was ESPN and SEC teamed up together and they started bashing (laughs) us over the head with the message, now there's animosity. Long story I'm trying to say is, my dad, my older brothers, they're all huge football fans, all huge college football fans. Not one time in my growing up period were th- was I told to dislike the SEC or other parts of the country. In fact, there probably was more animosity towards teams in the Big Ten, right? Oh, I, I but, grew up –
1: so I grew up almost identically to you, by the way. Like, well, I don't know how – I don't want to call you out on your age here, but you are you and I are pretty close, right? Yep. Like, you're um, – so, yep. I mean, I, I grew up on early 90s – Big 10 football, mid, mid, early, mid, late nineties, big 10 football. That, that was what I grew up on. I I grew up on Ron Dane fumbling against freaking Northwestern. Like I I can rattle that shit off the top of my head because I grew up with Brent Moss and Terrell Fletcher and Daryl Bevel. And like, I grew up with all that stuff. So I, I, I didn't hate, I had no anything against the sec either. I, I, my question, I think this is where it, it gets ultimately because you said the key phrase in there, which is that if Penn state and Michigan and ohio state had all these championships that you could throw back in their face you would and to the victors go the spoils but the fact of the matter is it's not an espn message that has won like 19 out of 24 championships it is not a it right. is not a hollow empty you can be pissed about the propaganda if you want to and that's totally fair I you can we you are. can listen to it if you want to or you can just not give a shit and block it all out but Tough. the facts Tough of the do. matter the facts of the matter are if teams outside of the South, which includes Clemson and Florida State and Miami, if anybody outside of Pete Carroll's USC and Ohio State had accomplished anything on the national championship front for the better part of 40 years, we would have a different conversation and a different narrative and a different message. But we don't. Since the invent of the BCS, it has been almost exclusively Southern-based states. But, and, but that, what? and that's it. That's that's okay. the fact. They have more NFL players. But this they have is our only data point.
0: This is our only know. metric we use. That's the only metric we use. So so if you have twelve sales guys, okay, I'm in sales. You have twelve salespeople, excuse me, and and a, an award goes to the top salesperson every year. Okay, so John wins the 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 the, the, the most sales of the year. He's the salesperson of the year. Good but job, but, <laughs> but but Mary. Is only three percent under John? Is is Mary a bad salesperson? No, but that's what but that's what you're saying. What you're saying is no, 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 no. John, I didn't say I didn't say bad. everybody I... else sucks.
1: No, is, no. See, see, you're doing the sports. That's the issue issue with the message. <laughs> I, I hear you. You're doing the you're doing the the sports talk radio thing though, which is that, and I do agree that mass media. And this is why I think shows like I
0: can't do the sports talk radio thing. No, Brother, no, no. You can. Do that's this. my, that's all I got. I don't, I, I, that's my old. No, no, no. I
1: see. This is where, this is where I think you, you're, you're actually, I think you're selling yourself short. I think the conversations that you guys have on your show, the conversations we have on our show, there's probably, I've been on the one for the PAC 12. There's a couple of guys that do it out of Arizona. Like I, I try to find the good products that are out there because again, we've, we've talked about this on your show. Like the, the, the science that governs, In enragement media, which is all almost all mass media, which is designed to level up your anxiety so that you're pissed off and and staying tuned in, that is different than like the real quote unquote real conversations that like real football nerds are having about all the teams. And I think, I think to 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 paint everybody in the media with the same brush as like Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, I don't think is fair to the vast majority of people in the media who really truly love. Like all the conferences, all the teams, all the rivalries, all the games, all the tradition, all the history. Like, I got into this because I love all of it. And just because I can't, when I do ESPN radio this weekend, just because the only thing I can really kind of talk about is how unprecedented TCU's story is, I can't really get into how Kirby's going to bracket coverage Quentin Johnston on Monday night because they don't have a person one on one to go up against him. If they put Keely, if they put Keely Ringo on him, they're done. Like, he's going to, he's going to torch them. So we can't do that, but, but you can on your show and we can on our show. Yeah. On the cover too. Yeah. And, and everybody, like I do on my local company, I think, I think, I think so many more people are doing it better than I think what breaks through like to that, that like messaging that you're talking about. That's so top level. Like I don't turn on ESPN on game day and hear a single person dogging out a conference because the big 10 makes them more money. I I, I do. I just, I do. Okay. And I don't like, first of all, if it's, like, I don't, I don't, how about this? I care about what David Pollack and Desmond Howard have to say exactly the same amount. <laughs> <laughs> let's just, let's just say, let's just leave it no, at that.
0: You know what? You just did let's a magic trick there because when you let's said game day, those were the two people I had in my head. And so I guys, don't,
1: and those are the two that is I, this okay, card? I, those are the two. It's like, uh, okay, whatever. Next segment. So I, I, I think, um, I, I just, th- there is a, it's not that Susie. What did you- Was it Mary or Susie that was so good this year in sales? <laughs> I think uh, it's Mary. I think Mary- it's Mary. Yeah. Like it's not. I think the sports radio. El- the way to cover that story, John winning and Mary finishing three percent behind, is to say that one guy's the greatest of all time and everybody else sucks. Yes. But, that's not- but that is not how we do it on most like podcasts and people that care about the product. They do it. That happens on like First Take and on Undisputed. Undisputed a TV show that no one watches, by the way. It's the 379th ranked show on television. No one watches it, but the clip gets viral on social media because so-and-so said XYZ about God knows what, but it's not, I think what we do on our show, what you do on your show and what most good people do covering college football is they can look at Oregon state and they can say, that's a pretty damn good football team. Do they deserve to be in the playoff? No. Are they an elite team? That's going to win a national title. No. Are they the PAC 12 champion? No, they're not the best team West of the Mississippi. No, no, but was that a really good team this year that we enjoyed watching? Absolutely, and here's why: we like the culture he's building, the line of scrimmage, you know, blah. The tight ends were amazing, like the way they went into their bags of tricks against Boise State was fun. Like that—that's just enjoyment of Mary's work this year. Okay, and and I think most people do that. I I I think boiling down the entire Big Ten SEC rivalry into like the one douchebag who yells sec and the one guy who tweets big 10 bowl records. I don't think that's very oh, fair. Hey, wait, was
0: that another shot of me there? <laughs> nice work. Very, very quick. I like that. Okay. I mean, I, again, like I, a lot of what you said, I have agreed, but there, there's just like this paradigm shift to use a douchey corporate term that I feel like you haven't taken yet, which is for you to understand the the point that you're starting from it's just a little bit of point of bias
1: and, and, and is it, so it's not biased towards geography though. It is biased towards talent. That is, I will admit that openly. My bias is towards the blue chip ratio. And if you have better player, if you have better players over time, over time, if you have better players over time, it's like, it's like the turnover. It's like interceptions and fumbles. Like over time, it gets to 50, 50 and over time, talent will win the game. That's it. And and if I,
0: and if I could be a douchebag for a second, Please. <laughs> what I think you're missing is the time spent on a major college football program. Because I have seen teams that I was a member of that had very close to the same level of talent one year to the next, but there is something different about that team compared to that other team. And TCU.
1: is a example. There you example.
0: go. You yeah. that is literally so like that is what people in the media can't see past. It's like, listen, nobody is saying over five years in the past, five years in the future, that Georgia is better than TCU. Of course they are. What I'm saying is right now this year, this team has got swag. This team has got a togetherness. Oh, God, it's yes. not, it's yeah. not BS when when old grumpy coaches talk about keeping their team together. I, get, I hear the collective eye roll from the younger fans like, oh, God, it, the only thing they care about is recruiting that stuff well you that's
1: not so to be clear like that's not like you said in my starting point right like my starting point was bias and my starting point was bias is bias towards the best players it it includes then talent development seniority experience everyone needs a little luck right you got to create your own luck to win championships once you get into a one game situation the beauty of our sport is that once you get into a one game situation anything can happen that's the beauty of football versus baseball or basketball where you, you play seven games here or hockey. But it, eventually, and, and and hopefully, again, I'm rooting openly for TCU on Monday night. I hope they win. I think it'll be the greatest story ever told. But the reason I tried to, I kind of compared it to O2 Ohio State, but then immediately said, I don't think that's even fair to TCU because that O2 Ohio State team that goes up against a Miami team that's heavily favored, that's probably the best team ever assembled after winning the national title the year before. But they were tougher. But, Going on, going unbeaten two years straight, but Ohio State was loaded with NFL player, like loaded with talent. Pets. They had, they had the dudes. And so, if TCU can somehow figure out a way to overcome the talent gap that is between themselves and and Georgia, with all the other stuff you're talking about, then we will see the most unprecedented, extraordinary story ever told in college football's modern history on <laughs> Monday night. If not. But most are, talented, You are most, really
0: selling the sizzle of that state. The right most,
1: there. because the most talented team almost always wins in this situation, and the guy with eighty percent of his roster at blue chips, and the guy with eighty percent of his roster that's not blue chips. We already kind of know what mostly but, happens in that okay. matchup. So we'll but see. to
0: to give an example, to, sport to sport, uh, what year was it? God, I hate to reference this pack of jerks, but I I have to. <laughs> 2010 12 the the Wisconsin basketball team that had 18 four and five year seniors and Kaminsky right that was Are you talking center. about the one
1: that beat the one that beat undefeated Kentucky and played okay. in the, and, and lost to duke in the championship so,
0: game so that is what i'm saying is nobody is going to sit there and say that the, the the talent that was on kentucky was of course better than the talent that was on wisconsin but that talent on wisconsin was a Pretty darn talented. Okay. They fi- talent-
1: they- Sam Decker and- was a five-star recruit. <laughs> okay.
0: That's one guy, but they had played together so long. They had cohesion. They had the little nuances that you have when a team comes together, why we all love team sports. And that is just a shoot so much. And I believe that's what we know, uh, but, but who TCU. beat him?
1: But who beat him? Jaleel okay, Okafor, the but, but number one, gonna, the number one, the number okay, one, the number one player in the throw, nation, but you're going to throw away that you're going to throw away.
0: You're going to throw away. The final four game versus Kentucky. No, no, no. Here's no, no, no. Anything. And, the, no, you and the last thing I want to say is like, like I, I don't agree with you necessarily that TCU winning is, is the greatest uh, story in the history of college football. It's a phenomenal story. Don't get me wrong. Well, okay. okay I from the say, national,
1: what, from a national championship perspective, I think that, that it is
0: maybe since the BCS era or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah what, I, what I, what I, what I would say is this, even if TCU is just with Georgia and it's obvious they belong on the same team on the same field, through three and a half quarters, the message is already through, which is these teams were equal just because one team finishes, a, you know, ahead of the other in the, in the scoreboard. Don't get me wrong. It should matter the most, but, but that <laughs> but two
1: law, lo- but two losses, but two losses and zero losses. Oh no, it, it, oh no. it does.
0: It does. It, but like it, it does matter. Like what, like let me because ask you what here. I'm saying is there was no doubt LSU was the best team? I mean, my God, look at the quarterback and wide receiver they had on that team.
1: Yeah, nice. there,
0: there was an Alabama team that was in there. You know, like there is Clemson, no doubt,
1: Clemson's team. I think it was yep. night. Ohio which, State,
0: 2014. Yeah. Oh my God,
1: I, I that that team. I saw that team in person against Alabama.
0: I mean, so like th- those teams were were definitely out front than the other teams they were compared to. I believe, and it was obvious to me and other people, that that wasn't the case this year. That these teams were, there was no team leaps and bounds better, which actually added to my excitement level. This is one of the first college football playoffs I was really excited for. Certainly having two Big Ten teams in there doesn't hurt. But I also believed it would, if you could have took one Big Ten team out and replaced it with a non-SEC team, I still would have been dialed in because I felt that the teams that were in there were were all even like if it would have been uh michigan usc georgia and tcu i would have been just as dialed in for sure, the playoff sure. and i'm pissed that to a certain degree that usc you know didn't get in because i wanted to have all the regions in long story short i know i'm being redundant here but but that's where the, i believe the biases comes from and so, where you're coming from a long. uh 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 the the starting point is a bias because you still inferred that Georgia was just simply better than all those teams. And that's what I'm seeing.
1: But, but what happens? So, okay. So then what happens if they're the, if they're 15 and 0 and they win 38 to 10, are you going to text me and be like, Hey, my bad. Georgia was just better than everybody else.
0: I'm like, what, what I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm not,
1: I'm not rooting for that. Cause I don't want that again. I it want depends to what, I'll tell you
0: what, it depends what the 3810 looks like <laughs> to a certain <laughs> degree, but is it, a, I, is it a is it
1: a northwestern uh, is it a iowa ohio state where the defense plays great and they just turn the ball no i right. i just think i and again so i guess the ultimate point you're trying to make here is that i had a larger gap mentally in than this season than than you did and and you were probably more right about it than i was is that ultimately where no, we're at because i i, don't, I definitely I,
0: I don't want this to be a, I'm writer than you stuff. Like, no, whole- I just,
1: I know I'm not, I don't say that to like try to win a contest with it. Okay. I just, I'm trying to actually understand wh- what, cause I, I understand hearing one region is better than the other region in football and just being annoyed with it. Like that makes, I can, I can follow that because I grew up as a big 10 fan. Again, also by the way, as a Tennessee alumni who grew up with a diehard Wisconsin fan that I know exactly where I was standing when they beat that Kentucky team. Cause we hate Kentucky with every fiber of my being, but they also could not finish the deal like TCU in this situation. I, I don't think they're able to finish the deal against the number one overall pick in the draft, who was just that dominant that night, Julia local So I, I, I just, if there is, if, if the inherent bias, I will plead guilty to the inherent bias of starting at a starting point where that, that the talent that you have on your team to start the molding and coaching and building and togetherness and experience Like that's where it begins almost in every sport, in my opinion. And then you get coaching, then you get experience, then you get some luck, then you get a penalty, then you get an official to make a call, maybe goes your way. Like sports is funny. and But he who has the better players over time normally has is is ahead. It starts ahead.
0: I I think every coach would agree with that. What I'm saying is just because a star was on their recruiting page does not mean they are better than a guy that has been properly developed and oh by the way no. is also talented in his own right they they have now become even there's a, a five star a totally. four and a half a four and a totally. half star and a three star o- over time the four and a half star might overtake him but at the time they were competing if the three star has developed further they're even and maybe even the no three argument. star is a little bit better that nuance is completely lost on, on, on,
1: Oh, I, 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 I totally disagree. I think people oh, know, dude. I, I the, see, I think I totally disagree. Like it, this is why, this is why guys from like Alabama state get drafted in the second round. Like I, I, every, I think, you know, this is why Malcolm Butler can make an interception in the super bowl. Like I, I totally disagree. I think everyone knows that on an individual level, players just start at a star and then they finish their career, wherever they're going to finish based on coaching and development and work ethic and, system and everything else like the the four, the 3 star becomes the 5 star the 5 star becomes an alcoholic like the 4 star become you know like you that's all about what like what what you do with your own opportunity in life okay. I, that that I, I think i i think the 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 statistical data that i start with is a very 10,000 foot backed up view of the entire sport saying over time 1 to 100 players what is your average right like where do you on average where do you start from a talent perspective and just because you recruit great players doesn't make you a great team but every great team in college football has had great players for sure and and so i it, that's that i will totally and openly admit i came up at rivals.com i came up through recruiting so i believe in the team rankings and the broad base like blue chip ratio type stuff i do not believe that And because so and so is a five star and so and so is a three star, that they're automatically better or worse than that guy. Like that, that's, and to me, that's almost illogical. And we probably
0: got to the crux of the deal because my upbringing is different. Uh, when I got to Iowa, I'm not going to call any of these guys out, but I remember the savior in this class and that class that was supposed to be great. And they come in, you're like, he's just a football player, like, he's not that great. And then the guy that you never heard about, I think he was the latest addition to the recruiting class my senior year. Bob Sanders, who lit people up who, who? the first day of practice, and nobody knew who that what, That guy was, and you sit there, you go through four and a half years of that, and you're like, these recruiting rankings are bunk to use. But that's completely th- use the but, 90s term. But like but that's that's you,
1: completely but, anecdotal, though. That's completely. I anecdotal. know
0: that's anecdotal, but every, every each one of these teams is its own anecdotal team. So you have to take them each by so, themselves. So then,
1: so then why is it that Ohio state has every single big 10 national championship I- for 60 years? Because they
0: have no, they, they all of the, the best too. Penn state's got one in there too. So that was, no, they're that not. Was it was,
1: they, they weren't in the big 10. It didn't happen in the big 10. The, the, the only team that has won a national title. Oh no,
0: I thought I thought you said big 10 championship. The
1: only big, no, sorry, big, sorry, that my apologies. The only team that has won a national championship has been good enough to compete. And again, you can accuse me of being too myopic on the lens here. If you want, and that's fair. But if we're talking about ultimate championship success and, and, I think this is different for conference championships. I think this is where like the Wisconsin team of 93 and the Wisconsin team of 98, 99, and all these other teams that have broken through like Purdue this year. Like there's teams that break through and compete for conference titles all the time because the threshold for winning that championship and every conference is significantly lower than winning a national championship and winning the national championship. uh, The only big 10 team outside of, again, this was a split title, but the only big 10 team that has won a national championship in the big 10 since the '60s, outright is named Ohio State. There's not another team that has won an outright national championship since the '60s in the Big Ten. Nebraska wasn't in the Big Ten. Penn State wasn't in the Big Ten. I, and again, Michigan I feel like put at '97.
0: I, I feel like you're readily available to share information like that. <laughs> right? I mean, no, no, can't no. Wait to share that. Info. No,
1: it's no, it's well. This is it's a little bit of the uh, the the environment we're in here, right? Like this yeah. is sort of an inherent rivalry with us. And I, I again, I grew up here's the truth. I want Michigan and Penn state and Michigan state and Wisconsin and Iowa to compete for national champ. If I'm leaving somebody out, I apologize, but I want those teams to have the ability to compete for national championships. But if you study them again, not one player versus one player, not anecdotal safety, who's like a hall of famer who steps onto your campus and dominates from day one, which is obviously people miss it's, it's human, right? They're evaluating humans is, is imperfect, but the, the you have to be within six hours largely. I hope the Nil changes this, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but you have to be within six hours of the players to build a full roster to build over years to compete for a national championship. It takes years to do it and and growth and development and coaching and strength and conditioning and all this other stuff we talk about. But you have to have access to the players and in this this silly sport that we love, driven exclusively by money and geography, it is. This is the, pro. this is Nebraska's problem. Like I I've toured Nebraska's facilities. I've walked through that stadium. They are the best. They're among the best. Sorry, Iowa fans. They're among the best fans I've ever seen. It's one of the greatest stadiums I've ever been to. The facilities are second to none. Like you guys know all this stuff, but, but you can't hit a, you can't hit a bunch of five stars with a rock like you can in Dade and Broward County in South Florida, like Miami and Nebraska need to come together with the fans and the passion of Nebraska and the geography of Miami, and they would be unstoppable. <laughs> they would be unstoppable, right? But, but Miami doesn't commit, and Nebraska is not near the players. And I don't. I hate to boil it down like that, but that that's sort of the 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 ecosystem I, we, we live in.
0: I nobody is doubting that the teams that mass the most talent don't have a higher chance to be good and win champion. I, I can't imagine that. that but the. I feel like where my message is getting lost with you. It'll be interesting to see how the audience receives it is that I, I understand that, but there needs to be a better effort from people, including maybe the guy that I'm recording with right now, (laughs) that when you have certain teams that just seem to have it quote unquote, it, you have to recognize those teams and give them respect. TCU this year, you know, I, I I can't name, but Michigan, are, Michigan,
1: Michigan State, twenty fifteen, Iowa, two thousand eight, like something like, like that. You, I, you keep yeah. going, like
0: right teams like that. You have to say, you know, and like since you brought up Iowa, like I believed it. You know, your your the the thought process and the talent and and the stuff baked into the cake. When I said on one of the Twitter live things that I was with you, uh, you know, earlier this fall, I said, you know that when Ohio state played Iowa, I said, you know, that might be the best defense that Ohio state plays all year. And you scoffed at me and said, unless, until they see Georgia in the playoffs, I'm I'm going to make a bold statement. Like Iowa's defense is at least as good as Georgia's this year. And I think better. And, and, and then you look and you say, is the talent level on Iowa's defense as good as Georgia's? Of course, I'm not right, saying right. that, but I'm going to tell you right now, First-team All-American at linebacker, second-team All-American at safety, first-team All-American at corner, and eventual first- or second-team All-American at at, at our other corner. We ain't busting plays like that in the secondary. This year, Iowa's defense was elite. It was special, and they did it without largely any five-stars or four-stars because it was a team dominated with talented guys that have come together People need to have a better job of recognizing that I, I, see, stuff. That... And I
1: guess I, I I agree with you. And I think if you ask, and this is where I I can't defend everybody in the media because I, I don't know where they all come from or what their motivations are. I know plenty of mo- people in the media that are motivated by paycheck only. And I know plenty of people in the media that are motivated by the love of the game. And I there's ones that I read and listen to, and there's ones that I don't. And And I would say that if you ask the people that I consider, even in just the South, That I consider high quality college football experts that I respect deeply. If I said name the top five defenses in college football, I guarantee you every single one of them names Iowa, like and and maybe even Illinois in there too. Like uh, there, there's the guys, the men and women that do this well. You can you you can tell who they are, and you can follow them, and you can unfollow the rest. Like you don't have to follow. And read and listen to the certain people that you don't believe in. Good point. It doesn't. It doesn't. It it also. And I agree with your point about like acknowledging when those special teams have that special thing. I just think sometimes we don't know what that is until like week nine, week ten, week eleven. Like it's hard sometimes to know. But it's
0: there. I mean, you can start telling that stuff by I would say week six. You know, maybe.
1: But you need to be six and one to kind of start having those vibes and start getting those headlines. And I think. It just takes you. Just have to let the season play out, and like my opinion in week four, I'm not going to change what my opinion was in week four. But if I've now watched eight more games of these two teams, I'll absolutely change my opinion by the end of the year. And to suggest that, like, I don't know, I I kind of said the the Texas TCU game was the moment that I really said they just won a different type of game in a different type of way, shutting down a really talented offense with a great with a defensive performance that we hadn't seen all year. They weren't really challenged. It was, it was a close ish game, but they kind of were in control most of it. And, and it wasn't like this come from behind 18 points with a backup quarterback and double overtime type of deal. And that's when I started, that's when I, my, my true opinion on TCU switched. And I said, okay, maybe they can win a different type of game. They've always been a very good team in my mind. Can they be a great team? Can they be elite or whatever word you want to use? And, I thought they might have a chance against Michigan. I thought Michigan was on a mission this year. I was wrong about that. I, I, Michigan went into that game way too arrogant, in my opinion. Like I, I thought Michigan was going to go in there all business and,
0: and honestly and handle and, it. And, and and Kurt and I will talk on on this when we record our podcast. We still haven't done our recap. It's an X's and O's thing. That's that was Michigan's issue in that game. In fact, it was Michigan's issue the last two years. And that's a nuance that. You know, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I do think it's it's lost on a lot of people. Um, anyways, but
1: well, I'd love to I'd love to pick your brain on that. I mean, I think the the Philly special is outthinking yourself oh, for sure. God. For and, sure, and
0: Harbaugh admitted to it after the game. Yeah, if he had yeah. it back, he would he would change it. I'm it not was... sure. I would say
1: I'm not sure. I would say the Georgia loss the year before was X's and O's driven as much. That was a, a an an all time Georgia yes. team, which which yeah. this Georgia team is not like this. Okay. This like this, which I said Georgia all year, team, last yeah.
0: Georgia team would would pound this Georgia team into the ground. Yes. Um, yes. So yeah, what I would say with last year's is the X's and O's played into it more than people think. I, sure. I like, I believe that the talent gap on when teams play each other is 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 prevalent sometimes. Don't get me wrong. But I think people would be shocked to understand how much X's and O's can play into any single game uh, or decisions and and a decision by the ref to not give the Michigan receiver that touchdown. That was crap. That's that's a touchdown or wherever, no matter how you put it, that changes the game. Um, I think Harbaugh should have kicked the field goal actually, even yeah. before the Philly yeah. special. That's just my. Hey, bad. save we your good stuff.
1: It. Save your good stuff for the, for the <laughs> recap. Pod. Yeah. We're don't almost getting ready to record don't, here
0: tonight. Don't, don't use it all. Um, but uh, can, can we, can yeah. we,
1: can, can I clarify my, I know we've been going along here, but yep, I love yep. hanging out. I love hanging out with you. Can we yeah, clarify yeah, the, the bowl question? You, you set up the question here. Cause I, are, I, I honestly, to be very clear and frank here, I am kind of shocked that my, my opinion on this is misunderstood by anybody. Like, I feel like I've been very clear. And if not, I will be happy to clarify.
0: Um, So I don't know. I don't exactly, I don't exactly know where to launch that, but here, here's what I would say is this nobody in their right mind thinks that the music city bowl is as important as the Rose bowl. And either one of those bowls are as important as the college football playoff. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is bowls have been tiered ever since. I mean ever since they went away from having basically just five bulls once they started getting into 12 and 20 and whatever bulls they have been tiered the entire time as far as you know the the their how much they mean for lack of a better way of putting it, it, it cuz it just means more to certain people so I guess that works but um what I would say is this the saying that they you you often say that how a bull team does in 2022 has little or nothing to do with how they'll do in 2023 completely uh, agree with that but you also make the statement that the bull game in 2000 to end the 2022 season has nothing to do with the season of 2022 i disagree number 1 it 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 counts on that team's final record so somebody is counting that and i think it's typically a a you, you see the dna of what that team was in those bowl games most of the time. Yes, there are crazy Statue of Liberty plays that you wouldn't typically see in stuff like that. I get get that. But you seem to have this hell-bent thought process that these games mean nothing. Maybe it's because I saw how hard my team prepared for the Alamo Bowl, and it meant something to us. And I know it's a long time ago, but I also know that it meant a lot to the Iowa players this year. Jack Campbell had no need to play in that game. He played because he wanted to lace it up with his brothers one more time. Sam Laporta scoped his knee, cl- you know, cleaned it up, repaired the meniscus and played in the bowl game. He also did not need it. And what you're saying is I'm not saying it doesn't mean something to the individual players. I'm just saying the game doesn't matter. There's a, that's impossible. That's like, no, you can't separate the two. When it matters to the players, it matters to the team, which means these bowl games have, a little bit more meaning than what you're giving them credit to be.
1: I I think the number one factor in an relatively evenly matched bowl game is motivation. I think a, the number one and two factors in a relatively evenly matched regular season game is players and coaches. And I just think that's the facts. Like some players, care about these games because they love their university they want to play until the last second and they love the sport they love the game this is not a commentary about individual athletes and how much they do or don't care some don't care at all they sit out because their best financial interests are for the draft some players you know are out partying the night before and don't prepare the right way some players are scoping their knees to play because they love their school so much that they want to do it i i I think what i'm saying
0: what i'm saying that's always been the case
1: Right, right. No, I don't I don't I don't don't disagree. And in the Alamo Bowl in 1967, when you guys played, it probably (laughs) was the case probably was the case. Well, I no, no, I think I think there's a lot of forces here. Some of it's the money in the sport near the turn of the century. Some of it's the massive explosion of number of games, as you pointed out, they are to me, the what happens is fans parachute in to watch teams in every region. The vast majority of SEC fans have not watched Oregon State football. Thank you. They the haven't vast, watched
0: anything outside the, the South. The vast, Conference,
1: brother. The, the vast majority of Big Ten fans have not watched, uh, you know, Arizona football. The vast majority of Pac 12 fans have not watched, you know, Boston college football. I'm just giving examples here. I, I,
0: I agree. I agree, but I have to make the, this point. SEC fans are the worst at it. They stay I, in their silo, worse see, than I, any. We can. We
1: I've had that debate. I've had that debate. There's a reason, though, that big games outside of the South, the highest-rated markets, still include Birmingham, Nashville, Charlotte, and Atlanta. They are diehard college football fans down here, and they watch everything. So yeah. I, now, now, do they chant their own thing and they beat their chest and all that garbage? Yeah, I'm not denying that. But my, my my ultimate point is is that the vast majority of fans, and to some degree, local media. You know, if you're on the Oregon State beat, you have not studied the Big Ten East. You just haven't. It's not your job. Your job is to study Oregon State. So what happens is, is we have basically one data point that we analyze as a collective group think, media and fans that we that we parachute in. We watch a game and we use that to we put too much value on what we yes. see in that game. Agree to mean so much both past and present. And my argument is that the results themselves, like if you give me any stat in any bowl game, so-and-so team ran for 9.6 yards per carry. So-and-so team had, you know, 9.2 yards per attempt. So-and-so team only had 11 yards passing. It does not matter what the outside of the playoff games, It I cannot take anything from that because I have 12 games of regular season data that I've used to analyze the team in its truest form, because this is not the teams in their truest form. Some might be close and some might not be anywhere near as close. Again, Oregon state and Florida is a perfect example. I would argue Purdue and and LSU like Purdue is significantly better than what they showed in that game. They had a significantly better season. So I don't give a shit about the outcome of that game. It does not affect my opinion about Purdue. My opinion of Purdue was they were going to win the big 10, by the way, big 10 West. I said that at the beginning of the season, I said they're going to win the Big Ten West. They're going to be one of the best teams in the conference, and it's going to be a an outstanding year for Jeff Brom and Purdue. The fact that they did what they did in that bowl game means absolutely nothing Agreed. to me as an analyst trying to judge what twenty twenty two Purdue football means in the history of of Purdue, or what twenty twenty three football is going to look like for Purdue. And I think people put way too much value. Like again, I'll I'll say I'll throw Tennessee fans under the bus. All these. The number of people are like, man, did you see Joe Milton? Do you see what he did in that game? I'm like, I've also seen Joe Milton for five years of regular season, right, football. right. And I don't. The two throws in the Orange Bowl against Clemson team that who knows where their heads are at is not a reason why he's going to be great next year. And I think the media and fans parachute in, look at results, and say that means something to me. And and I don't think you can take anything from that to mean anything looking back or looking forward it doesn't mean to your point that some teams aren't close to what they were in the regular season but i just think there's uh, they're called differently they're played differently they're coached differently uh, younger players play half the teams sit out three stars don't which, play which, like by it's the just, way it
0: makes them fun
1: and that's the other thing i want to make sure is clear. i'm not trying to take anything away from tailgating with your kids and getting to go we only get 12 of these things man like celebrate the 13th one you get like celebrate the day if you win have fun if you lose don't take it too seriously but like enjoy the 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 process the journey of that game and try not to take anything you see too seriously that that is ultimately what i think i don't think if you tell me the sec is nine and oh in bowl games i don't care i don't care it doesn't mean that they were better it doesn't mean that they were worse it does not matter i don't care if they win all the playoff games in the championships, that's a reason that they were better at the top. But like, th- don't if the mountain West goes seven and zero in bowl games, it doesn't make them the best conference. And like it's just it, not, it's not reality.
0: End. Last thing I would say is in 96, the Alamo bowl, we were dialed in and we beat the hell out of Texas tech. I mean, they didn't have a chance the next year, <laughs> sun bowl, Arizona state, Let's just say we weren't that the Jake most Plummer? focused. That was Jake uh, yes. Plummer, right? Let's just say yeah. we weren't the most focused uh, football team. So there, those there things happened back then, is what I'm trying to say. Okay, but then you fast forward to I believe it was 2008. Iowa was the only team that won their bowl game. They they, they de-pants South Carolina's. Uh, Steve that's Spence the Orange Bowl.
1: Uh,
0: no, that was that was Georgia oh, Tech. That's the
1: that's, that's the next year. Okay. Yep. Not close though. Nice job. Oh um, well, no. oh wait, wait season or oh, nine, oh, eight
0: season? season. So, so end of oh, eight season, oh, nine bowl, whatever it was. So yeah. that year, I think the big 10 went one in seven, maybe one in eight in bowl games and got unmercifully destroyed. Right. What I'm saying is I don't think it's that big a difference between the bowl games that were played in 2008 and the bowl games that were just played the last month. What's different is the Big Ten is having more success in those bowls. So now suddenly the the the, the conversation you, you, But you
1: think different. but do you think you think I'm doing that though? Like the SEC went like 10 and 3 in bowl games a couple years ago. Like and I went on the air and I said, "I don't who cares. Fair like, enough. This is not this is not important. This is not an important stat that matters. You the SEC is not a better conference because they went 10 and 3 in bowl games. Like it's I, the Big 10 is the Big 10 is not the worst conference because they went 1 and 7 in 2008. Like that's that's and to your point. I will say, and I'm curious what you guys think. I like, I love bowl games. They're fun to watch. I don't think they mean anything. I think they're standalones. Like I think they're kind of individual moments and in time, but if we took away 20 of them and, and we didn't get, like, I don't like removing 40 teams from like a postseason experience and taking that away from athletes. And like, I don't like doing that, but if you want the bowl results to matter and you want them to feel more like real games and you want them to be treated like real games, The only way to do that is to stop watching the little ones and make them more valuable so that they cut the, the thing. Yeah. That's not, that's never going to, like, no, there's
0: too much, there's too much money to be made on two G five bowl teams because people can gamble on it. So it's never going to go away. But exactly. Well, I, I, I I accurately predicted we would talk for a half hour. I just didn't know that we (laughs) would do two of them back (laughs) back to back. I swear I had the intention. I think we did. I think we did
1: three actually. Oh, Well,
0: Hey, um, that was the uh that was the conversation I was hoping to have even the last time we talked. I thought that was fun. Hopefully you had as much fun as I did.
1: Yeah, of course, dude. Always a pleasure anytime. I love I love the debate. Okay.
0: Uh you wanna give your, your podcast and all your all sure. your data points and props here.
1: <laughs> uh at, at Braden Gall on Twitter is where you can yell at me for anything I've said today on the show if you disagree. <laughs> um that I I I welcome it I live in the sewers I bathe in the sewers Twitter is my drug of choice (laughs) I don't use any other social media so all all of my digital uh, dopamine hits come right from Twitter so when you send me a message that you don't like my opinion I am honored by that you've taken time out of your day to do that so at Braden Gall uh, of course the cover two podcast for our national uh, conversation with Athlon Sports of course and I've got a bunch of local stuff here so if you care about the national predators (laughs) get in there (laughs) Please, please get in there uh, with 440 Sports, which is my local Nashville company, but uh, cover two podcasts for national college football um, and uh, keep holding us accountable. If you think we're, we're saying silly stuff, as long as we can still bust your chops on the pod. That's all that matters. Just, Absolutely. You keep, keep tweeting about Big Ten Bowl records and I'll keep busting your chops. So.
0: Well, hey, thanks for joining the podcast. Make sure you uh, ice that old hamstring, old man. Make sure that gets back to health. I am Jeffrey the Greek for Big Curt and Dustin Shooty This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.